Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Osmo.com NHL DFS strategy show. We've got a jam-packed schedule today, 10 games to discuss. I'm Jake Hari, and I'm joined by Michael Clifford, Slim Cliffy. How was your evening last night? Uh, I won't complain, uh, all things considered, because I had a ton of uh, Toronto 1 and Colorado 1, and they pretty much went busto, and I still managed to eke out a little profit. So any time I have a night like that, not going to complain at all. How'd you do? Not too bad. Uh, yeah, I was really heavy on uh, Colorado 1 and Toronto 1, so uh, neither of them did much of anything, and I think I ended up getting like 70% of my entries back. So felt okay about that. Certainly wasn't close to banking anything at all. Uh, which is going to be the case for like 90% of slates. But moving on, tonight we got a good slate um, and a ton of money to be made, I think. 15K to first over on FanDuel. We've got a couple 20Ks to first over on DraftKings. They've actually I've been pleasantly surprised with the contest selection on DraftKings so far this season. Like if you're playing the upper stakes, if you're a single entry guy, I think overall it's been a lot better than in years past. What do you think about that? Yeah, it has been. And like – the ten dollar, you know, sometimes it's a twelve dollar, eleven dollar, whatever. Um, a lot. Of, there's been a lot of times where it's been ten k to first in prior seasons, and that's the absolute best that we'd ever get. So, like, pretty consistently, twenty k to first is nice to see. I mean, it just means that there's a lot more interest in the NHL than there has been in recent seasons, which is great because, like, growing NHL DFS has been one of the problems of NHL DFS over the last five years or so. Uh, like I was worried last night because I don't think ten dollar filled. It was a few hundred entries short, so I thought they might make it smaller today. But they actually made it bigger. Um, 
it's it's been really nice to see like it, like I really I'm, one of the things that I take enjoyment out of is is people saying you know you've helped me get interested in hockey you've helped me understand hockey better you've helped me know what's going on and all that stuff and and when people say that to me you know that tells me that we're getting fans for life and I think that's you know obviously it's not just us there are thousands of people doing what we do but um it's nice to see the game growing a little yeah, very nice to see that. So hopefully that sticks uh, throughout the, the rest of the season. I mean, we're about, what, a third of the way through the regular season. So uh, maybe even a little bit more, some of these teams coming up on the halfway mark in the next week or so. Um, so hopefully if you're new, you've been enjoying playing NHL DFS. We certainly have enjoyed it. Had a lot of successful subscribers. One of them just popped in with a huge super chat. He's been uh, just going nuclear over these last, well, basically since the season started, it seems like Eric Hoffman Hoffbrow won the 333 along with the rest of the single entries. He says he took down 40K last night, uh, which is very hard to do because the highest uh, first place prize on DK is 20K to first, at least last night. Um, so just completely crushed everything. Uh, he super chatted 150 so Josh could get some love as well because apparently Josh is never on the stream with Hoff Binks. So congrats. Thank you, as always, for the super chat. Uh, very generous of you. Uh, Liquid Demon says, pick better players. That is pretty good advice. And then Jeff says, he says, uh, thank you so much. Took down the uh, first place in the early two-game slate. Two different contests invested $70, and he took down 3 k So he had to sweat uh, the empty net goal. Always nice when that goes your way, uh, yeah. whether you're anti-sweating or – uh, sweating, trying to get your empty net goal. I've had it go both ways. I've had it go both ways. Well, I've had it go both ways poorly. Uh, it evens out in the end, but it seems like you always remember the nights that uh, it does not go your way. So just remember that that one went your way. So the next time it happens, uh, you know, you won't feel too bad about it going the other way. Uh, a lot of people chiming in, like an NHL DFS so far this season. Uh, so welcome everybody. Already got uh, close to 100 people in here. If you guys want to, uh, I'm not even going to ask for likes. If you want to subscribe to the channel, that would help us out a ton. Uh, you know, we hit 50K subscribers a few weeks ago, uh, actually about a month ago. And, um, you know, we were really excited to do that. But now we want to get to 75K. We want to get to 100K. So your subscribes are uh, going to really help us out. Every single one of them counts. Just hit the notification bell and you'll know when we go live. Feel free to drop us a like, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is that you subscribe to the channel. It's completely free. And if you like what we do, uh, it's going to help you out anyways. Uh, Off the top, we've also got this promo code college going on. If you like college basketball, if you're excited for March Madness, uh, promo code college will get you uh, the college basketball projections that just went behind the paywall for $4.98 for your first week of college basketball DFS. I will definitely be playing some college basketball DFS. Uh, do you bet at all or, or do any DFS for college basketball? I mean, now you've got the opportunity to do so, Cliffy. Yeah, exactly. Now that I have the tools uh, available to me, uh, I probably will because, you know, I love I love NHL, don't get me wrong, but, the, you know, when those college basketball games hit at, like, noon or 1 o'clock, you get to watch it every day. Like, uh, I love it. Every, you know, we had that in the return to play playoffs. So, yeah, I'll definitely be dabbling. Uh, once March Madness rolls around. Yeah, for sure. Me as well. Once again, that promo code is college. You just use that on the CBB weekly pass. If you're looking to 
get involved. If you want to get a platinum weekly, that uh, is probably your best bet, $29.95 per week. If you're looking to get everything on the site, you can add on FC for an additional charge. You guys know the spiel. We've got 10 games, so we're going to get right into it. We've got Boston and the New York Islanders, 2.8 implied total. For the Bruins, 2.4 for the Islanders. Tuco, uh, actually, it's not Tuka Rask. It is Halak, I believe, this evening. And then it's probably going to be Varlamov for the Islanders. Um, you asked me a question, so I will ask you this uh, right off the bat. You asked me before the show, are we playing Islanders 1? Are we playing Islanders 1 tonight, Cliffy? I am playing some Islanders 1 tonight. Um, what's different with the Islanders this year compared to prior years is this year they're sending out, at least now that Anthony Beauvillier is back, they're sending out Beauvillier uh, and Brock Nelson, their second line, up against the top line. And tonight that's going to going to be up against Bergeron, Martian, and Pasternak. Like, that's just an absolutely brutal for the Islanders' top line. Um, but that means that – or for the Islanders' second line, sorry. That means the Islanders' top line is going to get the depth uh, from uh, Boston here. And the thing about the Bruins is that they're going through a ton uh, of injuries right now, especially on the blue line. Uh, if you look at uh, – I think it was J- uh, Jacob Lozon was hurt um, – they have like three or four guys, or Kevin Miller is hurt. Like they have like three defensemen out of the lineup. So, um, you know, Charlie McAvoy is still there and he's their best defenseman, but he's going to be on the ice quite often with Pasternak and them, uh, which means that the Islanders top line might not see a lot of him tonight. They're still going to see him because McAvoy's probably going to end up playing 30 minutes. Uh, but that kind of gets me towards the Islanders. So I'm not going to have a lot of them. I think our ownership projections have them, you know, somewhere around the four or 5% range. Um, so I'm only going to probably put them in in about two out of 20 in my lineups, but that'll get me double the field. Um, they played well this year. Um, Everly back on the top line makes a big difference because, like, he's a big offensive driver, um, really great offensive play driving numbers. So uh, I'm in on the Islanders' top line, not super heavy. I'm going to have a couple shares. Um, I'm pretty out on Boston altogether. That top line price, like, I'm the type of guy that would take a stab on them at 24K on the road, but this is just a brutal matchup for them. The Islanders... Uh, are great defensively, one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. Um, they're taking the third fewest penalties per game of any team. So, like Boston, a lot of their value comes through the power play, and if they only get one or two power play opportunities, that really cuts into their upside. So I'm more or less out on Boston completely. Don't mind Brandon Carlo for 3,500, I believe he is. Um, with all their injuries, he's probably going to easily see 20, 21 minutes. So I have some one-off Carlo, but that's it for me here. Islanders won. Uh, mixing in some one-off Carlo from the Bruins. And I like Barlamoff in that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I get why we like uh, Islanders one here, why, why you like him a little bit. I think I'm in agreement with you. It's just a good, like, a line that's good at five-on-five, five, not a bad matchup, maybe like a neutral matchup or a little bit below average, but we've seen them overcome uh, pretty bad matchups before. We're pretty confident they're not going to face off against Bergeron too often. Uh, which is good. It is a <clears throat> it is a really low total for them. Um, but again, like we're playing for the uh, 80th, 90th percentile outcomes here, and so they could easily pop in a couple goals. Good price. Again, they're fully correlated. I think if you did a drinking game about every time I I said fully correlated, uh, you might die by the, like the third game uh, on this slate. So. You know, just keep that in mind. Stay safe if you're uh, watching at home. Definitely don't do that game whenever I'm on the show. But anyways, they're fully correlated and not going to face Boston 1. So that is uh, the good there. Just a really good 5-on-5 five five line. Like, I'm always looking 
for reasons to play that line, especially when their ownership is reasonable, looks reasonable to me right now on DK. Uh, if you go over to FanDuel, it's even lower over there. They're a little bit more expensive. So, yeah, mostly Islanders won for me in this game. Top Stacks tool is free today. Uh, so if you want to check that out, you'll see some pretty crazy numbers on Boston 1. Top two stack percentage, they are at 19%. Their ownership share is 1.8%. Uh, so like that's about as big of a discrepancy as you're going to see. 17.2% positive leverage. Um, if you want to play Boston 1, I get it. They're just, they're like 2,400, yeah, 20. 2,400 more expensive than the next uh, highest price line, which is Edmonton one. And then no other line right now is above 20 K. So like your options are just so limited with them. It's not a great matchup, as you said. Uh, So I don't think I'll have too many Boston ones. I I did see some of them are popping up. Um, The question is, can I get a Boston lineup? That's not going to be duped 10 ways on a 10 game slate. And so that's, that's the difficulty here. I think that's all I've got on this game. Pulak, uh, I think I'm using him more as a correlation play. Like in prior years, he was shooting a lot more. This season, he hasn't really been. And so 5K, not crazy about that price. Might get him in, a, in one or two of my Islanders one stacks. And I'm with you on Varlamov at 7,600. Pretty good correlation play. Low total against, probably going to see some okay volume and hopefully some low danger volume if you play him. Let's go to Pittsburgh and Washington. implied total for the Penguins, 3.2 as well for the Caps. Tristan Jari and Vidic Vanacek are your goalies. New Caps lines, which you alerted me to right before the show, so I will read them off. Ovechkin with uh, Kuznetsov and Connor Sheary. Verano with Backstrom and Tom Wilson. Eller, Ponick, and TJ Oshie on that third line. Caps have been mixing it up uh, a handful of times over these last couple weeks. Bruin, uh, I'm sorry, the Penguins uh, going with Crosby, Gensel, Kapanen. We've seen that for a couple games now. Malkin and Rust with Zach Aston Reese because Jason Zucker has been placed on IR. Pretty ugly injury he had the other night. Uh, so he's going to be out for probably an extended period of time. What do you like in this game? Big totals on both sides. Yeah, so the first thing I want to mention is like that those Washington lines kind of mess up what our intention was for today because when Oshie and Backstrom were skating on the same line, they were taking the defensive responsibility. So tonight it would have been the Crosby line. But now that they've mixed up the lines, uh, we don't really know what the uh, line matching is is going to be. And the last time they went to a lineup that was looking similar to this, uh, they didn't hard match anyone at all. It was just send out whoever uh, they wanted. You know, Ovechkin got his obligatory 20 minutes of ice time or whatever. So there's no real line matching here that I'm concerned with specifically. Like, I don't want to go into that backstrom Brandon wilson line, but, like, the the defense behind them isn't great. You know what I mean? So uh, as long as they're not – as long as, you know, Pittsburgh 1 or Pittsburgh 2 isn't trapped in their end by that line, I think that they could do some damage here. So – I was going into the night, into the day on Pittsburgh too, and I'm going to stay on Pittsburgh too. Um, Zach Aston Reese joining them. Like, I think it kind of helps that line. Like, Zach Aston Reese is an elite defensive forward. Like, I mean, elite defensive forward. And that's something that that line <laughs> desperately needed. 
uh, I think he'll ha- he'll help him make them a bit more responsible, and that might be counterintuitive to offense. But if he helps them get the puck out of the zone and transitions offense, you know, going into the offensive zone better, um, I, like I kind of almost want that more than a shooter like Jason Zucker. So, um, you know, you don't have to have Zach Aston Reese on there because he is 4K. It's a little expensive for a third wheel um, on DraftKings, and he won't play on the power play with them, but. I don't mind leaving him in there with my Pittsburgh two stacks. So I'm in on Pittsburgh two. I'm mixing in a couple like power play stacks because the Washington uh, penalty kill uh, is nothing to, to write home about. Uh, so this game is more about uh, Pittsburgh for me than Washington. Like if, if you want to start Washington, I, like I'll never begrudge you for that. But Ovechkin's on a line with two guys that won't be on the, on the top power play with them. Uh, Pittsburgh's among the bottom 10 teams for penalties on the season. Like they don't take a lot. So uh, like, like I said, I'm not going to fault anybody for taking the Washington power play, uh, but they're just not on my radar today. Today, it's it, for me, it's about Malkin and Rust uh, throwing in some Latang and Crosby and those guys with them. I was playing 100, or I'm, I'm sorry, I am playing 150. If I wasn't, if I was playing like 20 or three max, I don't think Washington would be on my radar either. And actually, they're not even really coming up for me all that often in my MME builds. So, uh, yeah, again, if you want to go to the power play, like you said, that's fine. Like, they have a good power play. They've got Ovi. He, he's, like, always a guy that uh, you could see getting a hat trick. It's a good total. I'm just not sure what to think of these lines. I'm not sure where the scoring is going to come from. I feel much more confident in Pittsburgh here and got to make some sort of cuts on a 10-game slate, even with a ton of lineups that I'm running out. Uh, I I think I'm a little bit more on the Crosby line here. Uh, I'm surprised to see their ownership is higher, but we don't, we didn't run it with Aston Reese on line two. Uh, so maybe a cheap, uh, like I'm not sure where Zucker we had projected there. I'm not sure he, where he was at in the first ownership run, but I think people will leave off Kapanen. That's fine. You could definitely go Crosby, Gensel, uh, Rust, or you could go Malkin, Rust, and then one of Crosby or Gensel if you wanted to complete the three men. They're very reasonably, reasonably priced. Um, and the Crosby line was just so good in their last game at five on five. I don't know if they have an answer for him, especially if uh, Backstrom is not going to hard match them. So, which they didn't last game. Um, and so, I think this could be trouble for the Caps. Definitely like the Crosby line. Uh, I'm not off the Pittsburgh two line by any means. And then I'm going to have some like hybrid three man stacks mixing in line one and line two. I am also going to be at least running. Uh, crunching out some full Pittsburgh power play stacks. I think this could be a spot like where you see five or six goals and uh, like the full power play stack could work out here, especially in smaller field stuff. I don't love that as much in MME, uh, like the $10 tournament on DK or the $7 on FanDuel. But if you're playing uh, and you're just trying to get as much correlation as possible, I think a full five-man pit power play stack is a pretty solid play. Latang, uh, his price has come down, I think, a little bit, 5700 here. Um, still just a correlation play, I think, for me. Hard to imagine him having a big game without one of the two Pittsburgh lines going nuts. Yeah, you know what happened last time you said that. Yeah, two goals. Uh, <laughs> I mean, whatever. He's, he's going to have his two-goal game every once in a while. But I think over the long run, if you're playing, like if you're one-offing Latang, I think you're going to end up behind. So. Oh, yeah, I agree especially on a 10 gamer, like we've got good defensemen, like Matt Irwin, we can play, you know, as one-offs. <laughs> Don't have to worry about Latang. Carlson, 6,800. Um, 
he would probably more more be a correlation play. Not that he is in general. He definitely shoots a bunch and uh, gets a lot of assists on power plays. Um, so I'm not off of him, but he wasn't coming up for me just because there's guys that are cheaper that project for a little bit better, uh, a little bit better um, outcomes uh, on a medium a median uh, outcome basis. So not a lot of caps for me. Uh, a lot of penguins for me so far and i don't see that really changing by time i get to lock anything else in this game yeah i just i think i don't mind carlson as a one-off i think you could be a decent pivot to the expensive one-off defenseman we have like hamilton or yossi like if you if you want to get different that's all all right let's go to carolina and tampa 2.8 implied total for the hurricanes 3.3 for the lightning it is going to be reimer and mclehenny i believe my, on the lineup builder, these goalies aren't being confirmed. So I'm like, there's like a question mark at the end of all these goalies because I can't remember who was confirmed. But yeah, well, they played last night, right? So yeah. it was last night was Vasilevsky against Nadelkovich. So yeah. it's it's probably McElhaney and Reimer tonight. Okay, cool. Not that that matters a ton. Just make sure you get the right goalie in. Goalie skill doesn't matter too much for DFS unless you're John Gibson. Um, but this one, six implied total, kind of one of the higher totals on the slate. Uh, some juice to the over. Um, are these new lines confirmed for the Lightning? Point plot. Are you seeing point plot Coleman? Yeah, that Johnson? was. Yeah, that's what they went with last game. Okay, I didn't see that uh, last night, so it appears I need to prepare a little bit more before shows. Well, last night they had those pair of games at five Eastern, right? Like yeah. and I write about, I write about recaps at Dauber hockey and I forgot about those games for my recap this morning. So. Okay. I mean, do, do you like any of them just in general? Do you like how they played last night? Is there anything you're looking for on the Tampa side? I mean, Tampa ran them over. Like I think every line was 75% plus expected goal share, which wow. is like, that's obviously a fluke. That's not going to happen constantly against this Carolina team. Carolina is way too good. But, like, Blake Coleman moving to the top line for Tampa, it makes me not want to use Tampa 1, but it also makes me not want to use Carolina 1 because, like, Coleman is truly one of the elite two-way wingers in hockey, uh, great offensively and great defensively. Um, and he joins Point and Palat. Like, that's going to be an absolute meat grinder matchup uh, for Ajo and company. So I don't think it would be a surprise to see uh, that Tampa top line dominate possession again. Um, so I'm actually kind of out on both top lines here for that reason. Like I think it's a tough matchup for both top lines. So I'm looking down more, uh, at the second line and the Stamkos Johnson Kalorn line, uh, matched up quite a bit against the Trocek line and like Trocek line got hemmed in quite a bit, but I suspect, um, they'll have a bounce back game here. They've been really good all year. Trocek and Natchez have looked spectacular. Nita riders look spectacular. Um, I think they look a lot better here tonight than they did last night. So uh, I don't mind that Carolina second line, Trocek, uh, Natchez, in uh, Niederreiter, sorry. Uh, Niederreiter, I think he only played like 13 minutes last game, but um, he's still shooting a ton. So I'm not super concerned about his ice time levels. Uh, if you want to leave off Trocek and just do like a two-man Niederreiter, Natchez because of secondary power play uh, correlation, I'm fine with that. Um, I just think it's a good matchup going into that second line from Tampa, right? Because Tyler Johnson is a very good defensively. Steven Stamkos is a, a wonder offensively, but, you know, he's iffy defensively. Like, I think that second 
second line can can be had here. So I'm in on Carolina two. Uh, I don't really have a lot of Tampa one. Like I wouldn't begrudge anybody for using them. Uh, it's just I I think I'm more picking one offs uh, from Tampa. Like I'll have some one off Coleman because he's played like 18, 19 minutes the last couple of games and he's a shooting machine. Like that level of ice time puts five shot bonus uh, firmly in range for him. Um, so I, I love one off Coleman. I wrote him up on the power play articles this morning for Osimo. Um, you know, one off Calor, one off Stamkos. That's kind of the route that I'm going uh, with Tampa Bay here. I'm not stacking them. They're not in my mix. So uh, out of this game, I'm taking Carolina two, maybe some two man stacks, need a rider Natchez, you know, one off in guys like Coleman and Stamkos. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah, definitely like the Coleman one-off now that I'm uh, seeing these lines for the first time. I did actually crunch out with these lines, so I wanted to make sure this wasn't like a late addition on Fantasy Cruncher. It looks like they've got these correct lines. So Coleman's bargain, 3,900, probably playing more minutes than what we're used to be, uh, the, what we're used to seeing out of him. Um, and then I, I just quick pulled up the uh, game report on Natural Stat Trick, and yeah, like all these lines played very well yesterday. Not seeing a bunch that would change after a 3-0 shutout uh, just 24 hours ago so I think tough matchup for Carolina especially that top line and then no ownership on Carolina too so I'm right there with you I mean if I got them like in five to eight of my 150 I think I'd feel pretty good about that with Carolina too uh, hopefully avoiding the point plot Coleman trio and that's really about it would you think about power play stacking Tampa here with uh, Point Palat and Stamkos, basically their old top line, and then throwing in Hedman? I mean, I don't mind it because, like, obviously that's going to be unique. Uh, it's not, you know, that, I don't think that's a combination people are going to go towards tonight. But Carolina has the arguably the best penalty kill in the league. Uh, fewest expo- expected goals against per 60 minutes. Uh, fewest shot attempts allowed per 60 minutes. Like, their actual goals against are... 20th in the league so like and they and they're below average like taking penalties for penalty taking so like I think it's just an all-around bad matchup for a power play sack like that's kind of the reason why I'm out on Tampa today's like power play sacking is one thing I do a lot with them and I just don't think like it's viable at hockey like anything can happen in hockey but it's just not something I'm counting on happening tonight all right, fair enough. Uh, I've got a handful of uh, Hedman lineups as well. Looks like he's picking up double-digit ownership right now, 6,600. Um, because I don't love a lot in this game, I think most of my exposure on the Tampa side will come uh, through Hedman at that price. He was priced up over 7K for a number of slates in a row. Um, I think this is a fine price. Uh, just depends on where you guys all have him in your defensive power rankings with Yossi and Whoever else is priced up there, Carlson, we've talked about a little bit, Latang. Um, I like Hedman as one of the best one-off defenseman plays tonight. Dallas, Florida, 2.7 implied total for the Stars, three for the Panthers. I believe it's going to be Odinger against Bobrovsky. Uh, the other, the backups went uh, last night, or I guess Odinger is the backup for Dallas. But you get what I'm saying. These two teams played 24 hours ago as well in that early, uh, little early slate. Um, do you like anything here? Well, I did until I saw Rope Hints was out again. Um, that kind of because I was going to be on Hints and Gurian off here tonight, but that's obviously not going to happen now that Rope Hints uh, is going to be out again. 
Uh, I do like Florida a lot. The one thing that concerns me with Florida is, if I'm not mistaken, we have a fair amount of ownership. Well, not a lot, I should say. We have 5%. We have a full line of 4%. What I love here is Florida power play. Like, I know... Yes. <laughs> and I... I know, I know that um, I've been kind of hard on Jonathan Huberto, and he's made me look like a fool. Uh, but Dallas is taking a ton of penalties this year. They're leading the league in penalties taken uh, per sixty or per game this year, which is not uh, something you want to do against this Florida team because this Florida power play has just been absolute death all season. Like one of the best in the league still. Uh, and the problem with Dallas is their penalty kill isn't great. Um, they are 26th by expected goals against, and they're 17th by actual goals against. So the best you can say about this about this penalty kill is that it's in the bottom half of the league, and um, they lead the league in penalties taken. So I absolutely love everything about the Florida power play tonight. Like, even, I don't even like double defensemen on big slates like this, and I have I have a, a Yandel uh, Ekblad lineup like Barkov uh, Yandel Ekblad. I just think it's it's just such. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a good spot for this Florida power play that I'm having a, a, a real hard time getting away from it. So I'm mixing in, you know, Barkov, Hornfist, Huberto, the two defensemen. Um, you know, I'm throwing like Verhage in or Duclair in with some uh, lines, but I'm not focused so much on even strength lines for Florida here tonight for me. Uh, for this game, it's all about the Florida power play. So give me as much Barkov, uh, Hornfist, Huberto, Yandel, Ekblad uh, as I can handle. It's going to be a lot of the same for me. Um, Barkov, always the anchor on the Florida side for me when they have these lines. They they seem like they're going to keep these for the foreseeable future. Um, so Florida won really good offensively at five on five. That would be the five on five line. I'd be looking to stack. And then, uh, right there with you on Barkov, Huberto, Hornquist with one or, or both of the defensemen, probably just one, uh, I'm getting to a little bit more Yandel just cause he's cheaper. Um, but yeah, I, I like the prices on the Panthers three implied goal total is making like, if this were a three and a half, um, I think they'd be one of the more popular teams on the slate. And so three is keeping their ownership in check, I think. And I feel like I know exactly where I want to go on this. Again, even strength line, Florida one. And uh, I also like the Florida power play. Not in love with anything on the star side, but I have to point out that the FAXA Ben Yurianov line looks like it's going to be one of the more popular fillers because you've got a $2,800 FAXA and then two guys on the top power play, Jamie Brent, Ben priced down a little bit. Giryanov under 5k do you, what do you think about that line like I, I don't mind using them I, like I wouldn't begrudge anybody for using them I just don't I have a lot of faith that the Dallas lines are going to stay con- consistent all night right like if they get down to nothing early with all the injuries they have I think you're going to see a line blender so um I the only I think the only game script that works is if um Dallas has a lead or blows them out all game long and that that's just not what I see tonight or else I would be on them and I'd be off Florida. 
Fair enough. Uh, the other note here is that Gustav Forsling, I think he's expected to be out. And so I'm seeing Juleson in. Uh, he's mid salary, but I'd much rather play Forsling if he were to play. So that's about it there. Uh, again, want to mention that we've got the NHL top stacks is free today. Nightbot will hook you up with the link there. I'm sure in the next couple minutes, also NBA projections. And if you're playing some UFC this week, UFC pro plays, uh, we've got a UFC strategy show as well tonight. We'll have a live before lock on Saturday NBA shows. You guys know the deal. Pretty much any time that our show is not on or the PGA show is not on or the MMA show is not on, there's NBA content on the YouTube channel. So subscribe if you're looking to play multiple sports. Uh, there's no reason not to. Your subscriptions help us out a ton, uh, not only to the site, but uh, to our YouTube channel. We're trying to build up our subscriber count and get over 100K in the next year or so, I think, uh, somewhere around there. Other than that, uh, we're also approaching 30,000 followers on Twitter, and uh, we need your help. We're giving away 30 free weekly passes. So if you're uh, on a following spree at Osmo.com or at Osmo underscore com on Twitter is the handle, and uh, give us a follow, and you got a chance to win a free weekly pass. Let's get to Columbus and the Blackhawks. Columbus hosting the Blackhawks, 2.7 implied total for the Hawks, 2.9 for the Jackets. It is Malcolm Subban and Nat and it is Jonas Corposalo. Uh, I feel like we've had three or four of these two teams matching up. You get a five and a half implied total, and the game ends up having 10 or 11 goals. Are we going to see that again tonight, or do you think this one's going to be a little bit more tight checking? New Blue Jackets lines is really the only thing of note here. Yeah, and I think those new Blue Jackets lines kind of give us an indication of the type of game that John Tortorella wants here tonight. Um, Nick Foligno joining the top line with Oliver Bjorkstrand and Patrick Laine kind of tells me that they want to grind this game down more. Like, I do not imagine that uh, John Tortorella wants to see a 5-4, 6-5 game again. That's probably shaved a year off his life. So um, I think we see a tighter checking game. Like, you know, I look at our top stacks and I'm usually in on Patrick Kane when he has a really low ownership. But we're actually not showing very low ownership for him. Our top stacks tool has them at 13% as a trio. Like a- any line, almost any line in the teens on the road on a 10 game slate is an automatic fade for me. Like it's seven total only too. Yeah. Especially with a low total and $20,000 flat on DraftKings. Like it's just like we've talked about how overrated Columbus is before, but I think, this is just swinging too far in the other direction. So I'm mostly out on Chicago tonight. Like I, I think Dominic Kublik makes a lot of sense as a one-off. <laughs> the guy just keeps shooting and scoring. He can't stop. Like they could stuff him on the fourth line. And he'll end up with 20 goals this year. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, so I like Kublik. Um, but for me on the Columbus side, it's more about the Rozovic Atkinson Jenner line. Cause here's the thing. Like we talked about Luke Cunning a couple weeks ago when he was on the top line for Nashville. And at that time I talked about team chemistry and line chemistry and, and players playing together that fit together. And I don't see Nick Foligno fitting on that top line. He's just a, he's just a dud offensively. Like he doesn't, he's not good in transition. He's not good with zone entries or exits. He's not good with shot assists. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't do anything. He's just, he's very good defensively. And that's what he does. But that's just a black hole in the middle of that line. So now you're relying on Bjorkstrand and line A to effectively generate goals four on five. Like 
it's just not something that's appealing to me. Jack Rosovic, on the other hand, he has excellent transition numbers. That's kind of why, you know, him and Line and Atkinson took off immediately when they did is because he's good. He's good. He has good shot assist rates, which means he can find his teammates in the offensive zone. Uh, he has good transition rates. You know, Jenner and Atkinson are both shooters. Like it, it seems to me like the way the second line is built is better for offense than the way the top line is built. So I'm jumping down to uh, Rosovic, Atkinson, and Jenner a fair bit, uh, mixing in some two-mans. I mean, Rosovic and Atkinson uh, should still be on the top power play unit together, if I'm not mistaken. So you're still you're still getting uh, a couple, uh, you know, a couple guys, a couple shares off that top PP unit. And Jenner is just an absolute shooting machine. So um, with their price being where it is, it is fairly reasonable. I have absolutely no problem uh, jumping down to Columbus too. Uh, so that's where my focus is on the, on this game. Zach Wierenski coming back, like I don't, I wouldn't hate if somebody wanted to use Wierenski forty four hundred. You know, he's big savings off Seth Jones. It's just like, you know, Columbus has had tr- trouble scoring this year. Uh, I was, you know, at least until Patrick Line came. Um, Wierenski didn't look great. Like he wasn't producing a lot before he went out. So I might give it another game. Like I like it, if you want to use him for 4,400, cause he should be low owned, relatively low owned. I don't mind, but he's off my radar. So I'm in on CBJ two, uh, out on Chicago in on a little bit of Corpus Allo, but not much. Yeah. I'm pretty much out on Chicago at these ownerships. Um, you mentioned all the reasons why I I'm right there with you. I don't have a favorite Columbus line. it's going to be a sprinkle. So my usual spiel on Columbus, it works for the most part. It didn't work out last game, like whatever. There's going to be slates like that where weird stuff happens, but uh, new lines. I have no clue what to think of these. Seth Jones priced up a little bit, 5,800 lowers my interest in him. He just hasn't been the same kind of player. Uh, Maybe with Wierenski back, that helps him. I'm not exactly sure, but not a ton of interest for me in this game. Uh, just, you know, fade and pray that the Chicago chalk doesn't get there. I think we're pretty close, if not right on, on the expected ownership. People love playing Kane and DeBrincat. Like, whatever price, you look at the box score on DraftKings, and people are just going to load them in. Yeah, and I just, like, I, I get it to an extent, but it's not like, like, a couple nights ago, they were, what, like, 3 4 5% or something like that? Like this isn't that. It, like they're like I said, they're probably. Oh no, they were high owned. They were like in the in the upper in the higher stakes. They were like mid teens. Were they? Oh, Are maybe I'm thinking of Tampa Bay then. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was Tampa Bay that was low owned. That's my mistake. No, you're good. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I under I understand wanting to get in on Chicago. Like we said, Columbus is probably overrated, but Wierenski's back. You know that is a tough you know a tough defense pair to go into. Like I think. With the ownership, Wierenski back, I think there are enough reasons to be out on Chicago 1. And, like, just to go back to Rosovic and Atkinson for a second, like, I, I, one thing I forgot to mention was Malcolm Subban starting. It's not Kevin Lankin. And Malcolm Subban is a legitimately bad goaltender. Uh, and the other thing is that Rosovic has been typically sent out against the third line since he's arrived in Columbus. So, like, once you get to, towards the depth of Chicago, like, the top end is fine. But once you get down to those second and third lines, those second and third pairs, um, I think that they can be had. So, like, I think that's another data point in favor of Columbus 2 here tonight. All right. We got to pick up the pace, so let's move it on to the next game. Calgary, Ottawa, 3.4 implied total for the Flames, 2.7 for the Sens. David Riddick going again after two impressive starts. Uh, got three points against the Leafs. 
Matt Murray, your expected goalie for the Sens. Um, which side are you on here more? Like total exposure. Oh, it's Ottawa and it's not even close. Uh, I'm actually, I'm more or less completely out on Calgary today. Wow. Like, yeah, I know. I <laughs> Trust me, man. I don't feel good about it either. So my reasoning is basically Calgary at some point just kind of has to run out of gas. This has been a really crazy schedule for them. This is back-to-back, three and four, four and six, five and seven. Like, that's a lot of hockey. Five and seven games. Uh, I think they're all on the road. No, one was at home. Like, that's a lot of hockey in a small amount of time. At a certain point, uh, <laughs> guys just start to look forward to going home. Like, they have a three-game set. <laughs> game set with Ottawa coming up so maybe uh it's not until later uh in this series that they start to falter but it's just so much hockey to play in such a short time frame and it's not like Calgary's been great (laughs) they haven't looked that good all year uh so you know Thomas Shabbat being back kind of changes things like that actually gives them a good top defensive pair to worry about so like if I was going to you know if I was going to stack Calgary I would probably want to stack the top line. Lindholm, Manjapani, Kachuk, you get a couple guys on the power play. Um, they've typically been the best line all year. But then you're going into the top line for Ottawa, and they've been really good defensively. Uh, you're going into Thomas Shabbat, who's an upgrade over everybody on that Ottawa blue line. And like I said, it's just been a brutal schedule for Calgary of late. So, uh, so I just don't have really that much interest in the Flames. Like, I think if I was going to go into Calgary, like, it would it, it would probably just be the top line. Like, like I'm not going to dip down to the third line. I don't think there aren't any expensive lines I'm using tonight. Um, you know, if you want to use the third line with a Boston one, I guess that'd be fine. But I don't think there's any need to go down that far. And the second line's just been pretty much garbage all year. Like, I have no interest in playing, you know, Sam Bennett and Sean Monaghan again. So, like, if you're in on Calgary, I suspect it'd be the top line because they've been great, but I'm just not in on them tonight. For me, it's about the White, the Donoff, Paul line. Uh, for Ottawa, they're going to get the Monaghan, Bennett, Gojo matchup, and that's a great matchup for Ottawa, believe it or not. Um, White, the Donoff, and Paul, nearly three expected goals per 60 minutes together this year. That's just outstanding. And I think they're due for some positive regression. And they're super cheap. So, you know, if you do have expensive stacks, you need to fit in elsewhere. Um, I think that's where you should go. So I'm in on Ottawa, White, Dodonoff, and Paul here tonight. Yeah, I like to call on Ottawa too. Uh, I will be there as well. I'm struggling a little bit on what to do with Calgary. Um, Right now we've got them projected at pretty low ownership. I have to imagine that comes up. Um, 3.4 total just compared to their prices. They look a little bit underpriced. so, like, the Norris-Kachuk-Brown matchup I don't think is phenomenal here um, for uh, for Calgary 1. Um, so that's really – like, at these ownerships, I think I would have a lot of Calgary. If they come up double their ownership, which I think is reasonable to think, especially at the higher stakes, I think they'll be more popular. Um, I'm going to be less on them. So a little bit torn on what I want to do with Calgary, but once we get another ownership update – I'll have more information on that one, but I definitely like Ottawa here, regardless of uh, where their ownership's at. looks like top line, not going to be very popular. You can definitely power play stack them. If you'd like the problem is their power play one guys are split up across three lines. So um, yeah, really like Kachuk at 6,200. I think one of the better one-off guys, if you're worried about his line mates um, and for good reason. 
So that's where I'm at on this game. Uh, anything else you wanted to add here? No, that's it for me. Oh, let me add uh, Geo, 5,800. Got a bunch of Geo one-offs. Power play two, but decent rates still. He's just not getting the power play one time. So his ownership won't be uh, very high, even with Calgary stacks. Let's go to the Devils and the Sabres. 2.8 implied total for the Devils. 2.8 as well for the Sabres. Mackenzie Blackwood and Linus Allmark. Your expected goalies. Is this uh, is this Buffalo night? Buffalo onslaught night, maybe? Uh, like I'm not going to go that far, but it's got to be Buffalo night tonight, right? Like It has to finally happen at some point. Like I was writing my power play articles this morning. I was looking at some Jack Eichel stats. Like He's shooting 3% at 5-on-5. Like He shot double-digit. Uh, I think last year and a couple years before that, like he's his his worst season is like seven point three percent, and he's less than half that now. Um, he's under five percent on ice shooting, which means the team's shooting less than five percent with him on the ice. Um, I think that was also over ten percent last year. Like, there's just all signs, all kinds of signs of crazy positive regression to come. And anybody that watched them their last game, I think Eichel hit two posts and Reinhardt hit one or something like that. So like. You know, we're talking three inches away from, you know, what was almost a bagel night to being a GPP winning night. Like, these guys are right there. And beyond that, New Jersey's penalty kill is the worst in the league, and it's not even close. Uh, Their expected goals against is 9.4, and the next closest is at 8.1. So, like, they're 15% worse than the next worst penalty kill. So, uh, like, I'm all in Buffalo power play. Uh, Eichel, Reinhardt. Hall, Olufsen, Dolan, mix and match as many as you want. Uh, They're my highest exposure here tonight. Hey, man, if they bust, they bust. But this is a great spot for Buffalo. So Buffalo power play. I've got nothing from the Devils side uh, in this game. There's just not a lot that interests me. That Devils, uh, the the top line with Heeshear and Zaka, like they're probably going to get ran over. Uh, Brad's fine defensively. Zach is terrible defensively. Um, Heeshear's just coming back, so he's probably still getting his legs under him. I think all around, this is just a great matchup for the Buffalo top line. Uh, I'd just say don't forget about Taylor Hall. Yep, do not forget about Taylor Hall. In fact, I think he's going to be my highest exposed Buffalo skater. Um, I'll have a lot of like Hall with Eichel, Reinhardt Hall with Eichel Olsson. I didn't want to like Buffalo going into it. I thought they were going to be very chalky. Again, maybe we're undershooting them on ownership, but you can only say that about so many teams tonight. Like, there's a lot of options. We have yet to talk about Montreal, Edmonton, Vancouver. Like, there's there's still um, some options to be had. So, yeah, Buffalo won one of the better stacks of the night. Uh, I also like Buffalo 2 as a full stack. If you uh, want to play Cousins for low ownership at 2,500 with Stahl and Hall, they've been solid at 5-on-5 five five as well. Uh, Matt Irwin, again, I'm going back to the well. Break my heart for the third night in a row. But he's 2,700. He's going to probably play 18, 20 minutes and will block some shots. But nothing sticking out to me on the New Jersey side. Uh, Let's go to Nashville and Detroit. Three implied total for the Preds, 2.4. For the Red Wings, Rene, Bernier, could be Grice. They're both the same price on DraftKings, which is good. Um, This is the first of the 730 Eastern start times and actually the last, and then we've got just two more remaining. Uh, anything catching your eye here? Well, now that Manta's back on the top line with Dylan Larkin, um, they're probably going to use Larkin and Manta as a shutdown line. 
Uh, remember earlier in the season, they had been using the Nielsen Ernie uh, third line as, as their shutdown line and letting Larkin and, and Mantha on their respective lines kind of run free, but that's not going to, ha- that's probably not going to happen here. I suspect Larkin and Mantha are going to be up against the Nashville top line. And honestly, that just takes both top lines out of play for me. Um, like Mantha is like Detroit's been great, like good to great defensively this year. Like they're not really giving up a lot and uh, they don't give up uh, a ton of power plays either. Six fewest uh, in the league. Not that you ever really stack Nashville for their power play, but um, you know, that's just another point uh, that shows that Nashville really doesn't have a, a ton of upside here. Um, I just think it's a, it's a tough matchup going into Detroit, believe it or not. And it, it just, I'm just wondering how that line gets like three correlated goals or something like that, especially where Detroit doesn't take many penalties. So um, I'm pretty out on both top lines here. I don't mind dump, dumping down a bit uh, to the Detroit second line. Uh, Vladivoslav Nemesnikov uh, looks like he's going to be back. Um, I think he's centering that second line with Bobby Ryan and Phillips Zadina. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cheap. So like if you want to stuff a couple of them in with your Boston stacks or with a Chicago stack or something like that, uh, you can do that. And they're going, they're probably going to get uh, the second uh, and third lines uh, from Nashville here, which I think is the better matchup uh, than going out to the top line and going into the, especially the top pair. So uh, I don't mind some two mans from Detroit here. But honestly, most of my exposure is either uh, one-off Roman Yossi or one-off Ryan Ellis. Um, I don't have a single full stack out of this game in my lineups. I will have a decent amount of Detroit one. I don't know if it's going to get to double digits, but I think I'll have some of at least Larkin Mantha, like Brian or Larkin Mantha, whether it's Fabry or uh, Nielsen. I'm seeing some conflicted reports there. So just stick to the basics, Larkin Mantha. Solid two-man uh, at 11-2. And then I actually like Nashville, too, a little bit. Duchesne, Yarncroc, and Grimaldi, just, they've been playing fine at 5-on-5. Five five. They're a filler stack. Um, and you get some secondary power play time there. Yossi, 6,900. I don't know that it's Yossi night per se, but uh, I'm getting him at around 25 30% of my lineups. So the normal, it's not the 60% that he'll be at at some times. They price him up enough. He's going to be owned enough that he won't get pushed up too much for me. Um, but that's it there for me. Anything else? We got about seven or eight more minutes for two more games, plus a little read here. Yeah, no, that's it for me. All right. Uh, just a reminder that we're going to be up on podcast. This show, every single strategy show that we do goes up on podcasts. It's whether you listen on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever uh, we'll be there. And uh, if you write us a nice review, uh, the review is very important. We're trying to grow our podcasts. Uh, if you write us a nice review, give us a uh, five-star rating. Uh, you got a chance to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. So we'll be giving those away intermittently. Uh, good luck if you do do that. Uh, and if you want to uh, write us a review, just tell them how much you love the NHL DFS strategy show because uh, you're watching us right now. Montreal, Winnipeg, 3.3 implied total for the Canadians, 3.1 for the Jets. Price Hellebuck, uh, Seems like there could be a lot of goals in these final two games. What do you like uh, on Montreal or Winnipeg? Are you? (laughs) They're putting together their old line of Deneau, Gallagher, and Tatar. Um, It's long been one of the best five-on-five lines in hockey. Um, Tatar had been on the third line of late, um, but he's back in his usual spot. Like their numbers are just like like crazy absurd. 3.3 expected goals. Uh, for their sample, two expect 2.0 expected goals against, like just 
absurdly good. And Winnipeg has been using their third line uh, a lot against the opposing top line. And I, like, I'm not worried about Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. I'm sorry. So uh, I have Montreal, like Deneau and Tatar are, is one of my favorite two mans tonight, you know, to fit in super expensive Pittsburgh or to fit in, you know, expensive Boston or something like that. Like those guys are probably going to play 15, 16 minutes in a good matchup. So uh, I love that Montreal top line tonight. I'm not in so much on Winnipeg. I think if you're stacking Winnipeg, you kind of have to power play stack here. Montreal is just one of the highest penalty taking teams uh, in the league. I think they're still, uh, yeah, they're still second place right behind Dallas. So, uh, you know, if I'm going to power play stack, it'd be like Shifley Wheeler, Connor, or or Shifley Stasny Connor or something like that. Um, You know, I imagine Dubois is going to go into a ton of the lineups because he's only 3K. Uh, you can stack the entire top line for under 16,000. So I imagine that Winnipeg top line is fairly chalky. Uh, so if you want to get different, I think you're probably going to have to power play stack them in some fashion. So that's what where I'm at here. As I'm, I'm not in on Winnipeg tonight personally, um, but if I was going to use them, it'd probably be a power play stack for me personally in my, in my lineups. I'm all over that Montreal top line. I hate stacking Winnipeg against a good – uh, even strength team in uh, Montreal, at least their even strength lines, it makes it appealing with Dubois up there. So I, I'm going to get to some begrudgingly of this Winnipeg one line. I probably won't get to too much of the second line. Uh, and that stinks because I hate leaving off Ehlers. Uh, but Montreal's is very, very strong uh, at five on five. And so I like the denotes Tar uh, Gallagher line. Like you never have to talk me to them, especially to Tar's price coming down. Um you know, the power play correlation isn't great. And then the second line as well, Suzuki, Drun, and Anderson. Uh, Anderson's priced up a little bit, so they don't come out as a good value. And that's why their ownership is very low, but I'll be willing to take some shots as well on them. If you're going to Winnipeg, I think the best way is just to power play stack, like you said. So I think we're in agreement uh, for the most part on this game. Are there any guys in the blue line or should we move it on? Yeah, one guy I want to mention real quick is Dylan DeMello. Um, his price has dropped down to min-price because uh, he'd been playing 12, 13 minutes, but he was up to 21 minutes last game. So if he plays 21 again, that 2,500 is a steal. Yeah, uh, if you're a Matt Irwin uh, hater, I mean, there you go. $200 cheaper. No, I, I actually do like the call. Let's go to the last game of the night. Edmonton, Vancouver, 3.4 implied total for the Oilers, 3.1 for the Canucks. I didn't even have to change anything on our little run sheet here. It is the exact same game, basically. Uh, the exact same totals as two nights ago. And guess what? I'm going to do the exact same thing as I did two nights ago. It's just a little bit uh, bigger of a slate. But uh, are you going back to the Vancouver train? I can't remember if you were on them. Uh, I'm not, I am, but I'm not. So I'll explain that. I'm, I'm with you on Edmonton. Uh, love Edmonton here tonight. I have a ton of power play stacks. Uh, Vancouver is the third most penalized team behind Dallas and Montreal. So uh, we, they should get their chances. I just want to mention last game, Edmonton had Puliyarvi, Nurse, Yamamoto, and Chason on the power play at different times. So like, don't be afraid to throw in like a chase on or Yamamoto into your lineups. Cause they might get a minute of power play time at the top, top unit anyway. So uh, that'd be one way to get different. What I'm doing with Vancouver, Vancouver's moving Niels Hoglander to the top line and JT Miller down to the third line. Uh, so that would say to me that Miller is going to play with Brandon Sutter and Adam Gaudet, and they're going to get the Edmonton three matchup and they are going to smash the Edmonton three matchup. Cause that, Bottom six from the Oilers is absolutely 
god awful. Mm-hmm. So uh, as a filler stack, like Miller's still expensive because he just got moved down, so he's still like fifty seven hundred, I think, um, on DraftKings. But uh, Godet and and uh, Sutter are super cheap, so you know you can fit them in uh, with an expensive uh, Boston or something like that. So I'm not in on Vancouver so much. Love Winnipeg or love Edmonton. Sorry, Edmonton power play. Sutter, Gaudet, and uh, JT Miller is where I'm going to focus for my Vancouver exposure. Vancouver late night hammer for me. I'm sounds like I'm higher on them than you are. I think one of my highest exposed lines, the Miller uh, Miller Pedersen Besser line. I like the. the uh, line, man. What'd you say? Miller's on the third line. Wait, I'm he not got, seeing that on my screen. He got moved down to the third line. Niels Hoglander's right. on the top line. I think it's going to be Antoine Roussel playing with Pedersen and Besser. All right. Well. Um, that's going to change some things for sure. Uh, but I think I'll still be pretty heavy on Vancouver. I got to take another look at this now. Uh, that's going to ruin a lot for me. But anyways, you can always go to the power play with Vancouver. Pretty good total here. Yeah, Miller gonna, still be with him on the power play. Yeah, someone's going to have a really good five-on-five matchup. In fact, two lines for the Canucks are going to have really good five-on-five uh, matchups. Whoever doesn't get McDavid. If you want to go to Edmonton on the other side, I have – no problems with that pretty much ever. Um, but I, I still think Vancouver is probably going to score a handful of goals here. Mike Smith cannot continue to to be okay. He's going to have his blow up at some point, and I'm hoping it's tonight. So uh, that's all I've got here. Anything else before we head out of here? No, that's it for me. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. Catch us on podcasts if you couldn't catch us live. And good luck. It will be, I believe, Josh and myself tomorrow afternoon. See you then.